Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Wicked Green Energy with your host, Roxanne Pappas. Roxanne is fighting to bring our troops home from the Middle East and reduce our country's dependence on fossil fuels. As an associate with Viridian Energy, she can provide domestic sources of solar, wind, and water right now to your home or business. On this show, she and her guests explore other cutting-edge ways we can reduce our carbon footprint and preserve vital resources across the globe. Here is your host, Roxanne Pappas. Well, hi there, everybody. This is your Wicked Green Energy Lady, and I'm going to be talking to you about fracking today. You're going to learn anything and everything you ever wanted to know and probably didn't want to know about fracking and how it um, affects our lives and uh, our health and our environment. So... Um, let's just go ahead and start. The definition of fracking actually is the process of drilling down into the earth and then high-pressure water mixture is directed at the rock to release the gas inside. Water, sand, and chemicals are injected into the rock at, at high pressure. Pressure allows the rock, the gas to flow out to the head of the head of the well. Now, there are two ways to do it. You can do it just vertically straight down, but what they're doing lately is um, they drill down and then go horizontal um, to the rock layer, and it creates new pathways from which um, uh, the, the gas can be released. The term fracking refers to how the rock is fractured, fractured apart by the high-pressure mixture. Okay, very simple, I guess, to uh, to understand. Um, there is uh, there is an advantage to fracking, and what that advantage is, it allows drilling firms to access difficult to reach resources of oil and gas. And if you're listening to the news or looking at the prices of your gas and your oil, notice that they're going down. It's, this process has significantly boosted our domestic oil production, and it has driven down our gas prices. If you recall, a couple of years ago, our electricity went up big time, uh, and at that, because half of the electricity was, was um, produced by gas. And then this past winter, they went down significantly. So, you know, in that regard, it's, it's good. It's nice for your pocket in your pocketbook. And with this, it's estimated that's offered security both to the U.S. and Canada for about 100 years. 
and it's presented an opportunity to generate electricity at half of the carbon dioxide uh, emissions uh, than coal. Um, it's, I mean, that, that, that's, it, it's good. It's good in that regard. It's good in that regard. Um, the boom has occurred recently in the states, and it's partly driven by concerns over energy security um, and the costs associated with importing oil and other fossil fuels. Um, in 2000, there were about 276,000 natural gas wells in the U.S. By 2010, that number went up to 510,000. And every year since then, another 13,000 new wells are drilled. And according to a 2014 study, it notes that at least 15.3 million Americans have lived within a mile of a fracking well that has been drilled since 2000. So that's just keep that in mind because we're going to touch upon that in the, as we go along. Um, I think you might be getting the picture already is that what we're doing to the to the, the ground surfaces in order to get this gas and is it never ending? And we don't know that. Uh, I think a lot of people are banking on it always being there, uh, but I don't know that I can be that optimistic about it just yet. So why is it controversial? The use of frac fracking has revolutionized the energy industry, but it's prompted environmental concerns. And, you know, it's always the case. Fracking uses huge amounts of water, and they have to be transported to the fracking site, and you know that's, that's at a cost to the environment. There are potentially car carcinogenic chemicals used uh, in this water that's, that's pressured down into the, into the shale or into the rock, and it could escape and contaminate the groundwater around the fracking site. There's also concerns that the fracking process can cause small earth tremors. Now, <laughs> one of the things that's, um, that's out there from a, from a political standpoint is that fracking is just distinguishing the energy firms and governments from investing in renewable sources of energy. And, and in this way, and it's encouraging continued reliance on, on fossil fuels. Well, that one I, you know, I, I sort of get, but um, I think it's this is an easy fix for a lot of people. We get gas, we drive our prices down, we're not using fossil fuels, we're not using nuclear. This is a great thing. But there are costs and there are risks, and we all have to be prepared to to know what these risks are and to determine whether, in fact, this is something that we really want to do. So let me get a little technical here, and I'm going to explain a little bit how uh, fracking works. So that there are two technologies, as I mentioned. Uh, one's called hydraulic fracturing. That's been used since the 1940s, and that's when they just went down vertically. And then there's horizontal drilling, 
and this became uh, widespread. This is what I mentioned to you before. You go, it goes vertically down, and then it takes a 90-degree uh, turn and goes horizontal along the rock. And this, be this technique became widespread in the 1990s. So it starts with a well that's drilled vertically to a depth of about one to two miles. And you know, I, I, I think of this, and I, I've got a picture in my mind of how that's how that's go doing it, how they're doing it. The vertical well is then encased in steel and or cement to ensure that the well doesn't run the risk of leaking into any groundwater. I mean, they are taking they're taking these precautions. There's no there's no doubt about it. So once the vertical well reaches the layer where the gas and the oil exists, and I don't know how they figure that one out. Then they do this 90-degree angle, and they begin drilling horizontally along the rock layer. And what they're doing is that they're, they're, the horizontal drilling can extend for another mile. So after the fracking well is fully drilled and encased, fracking fluid is pumped down into the well, and this is at extremely high pressure. In some cases, exceeding 9,000 pounds per square inch. Now, I've got a visual on this thing, and it's not, it's not very um, nice here. The pressure, as you can imagine, is powerful enough to fracture the surrounding rock. That's, obviously, that's what they're doing it for. They create the fissures and cracks through which, in the, in the rock through which the oil and gas can flow. The fluid that's pumped into the well to fracture the rock is called slick water. It's mostly water, but it can contain a wide range of additives and chemicals that serve an engineering purpose. purpose. Additives, the additives that they include could be, can be detergents, salts, acids, alcohols, lubricants, and disinfectants. These chemical additives usually make up about um, 0.5 to 2% of the slick water, and the remaining, the remaining amount is consi consists of plain water. In addition to the water and the chemical additives, sand and ceramic particles are also pumped into the fracking well. These items, the sand and the ceramic particles, are added to this water to open up the fractures that form under pressure. It's quite a science, and that, thereby ensuring that the gas and the oil can continue to flow freely out of the rock, uh, rock, rock fractures. Once the underground rock is shattered, the reservoirs of, of, of gas and oil that are, that are trapped in, those, in the rock are released and pumped back to the surface along with millions of gallons of flowback liquid. This is where it gets a little dicey. The flowback liquid contains water and a number of contaminants, including radioactive material, heavy metals, hydrocarbons, and other toxins. This wastewater is stored on the fracking site in pits, injected into deep underground wells, or disposed of at um, off-site at wastewater treatment facilities. This reminds me a lot about of um, the waste that's at the nuclear power plants. Yes, it's underground or they're in they're they're in containers, but then what? What do you do to them? Where are they going? 
Now, there's also something called formation water, and that's briny water that was in the pore spaces of the rocks. The formation water is usually very, very salty, and they have high levels of radon. So those of you who have bought houses know that they're all about radon. Uh, you have to put that test in your in your basement to figure out whether you've got radon or not. Flowback water can be treated, but there, there are large volumes of it. And so, and so dealing with it is expensive and beyond what a lot of the small town water treatment plants can handle. And a lot of this fracturing goes on in and amongst small towns. Um, there's... Um, they're in West Virginia, they're in Pennsylvania, Texas, um, Oklahoma, Ohio, and those areas. The most alarming findings, though, um, is when, when you go downstream, the river sediments contain 200 times more radium than mud that's naturally present upstream of the plant. Radium is a radioactive metal naturally found in many rocks. Long-term exposure to large amounts of radium can cause adverse health effects and even diseases like leukemia. Uh, okay. How safe is fracking? I think we already got an, uh, uh, an idea of that, but let's, um, let's go through a few things here. Now, a lot of my research and I'm not quoting anybody or any reports. I've gone, I've gone through a lot of a number of reports and um, 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 scientists' uh, dissertations and whatnot in order to to get this material and and, and fine tune it down to something that's more understandable. I'm not going to be um, indicating who who's done what. But once I do my blog, I will put that as my uh, as my sources. So if you're interested in doing that, so okay, the opponents of fracking claim that the drilling technique is safe and clean, and because it's securing essential sources of power that will meet our in our energy needs, use as energy needs for de decades. Yeah, it does. I mean, that's a very simplistic way to look at it. Um, it's unlocked tons of new supplies of oil and clean-burning natural gas. Uh, these supplies increase our country's energy security. And... Um, and it and it you know it it improves our ability to generate electricity, heat homes, power vehicles for generations to come. The opponents, however, say it's whitewashing. That this this um, uh, explanation, if you will, is whitewashing fracking's real effects, which is a long list that includes air pollution, groundwater contamination, health problems, and surface water pollution. Now, some of some a few things happened uh, fairly recently that supports this claim. There was a fracking well in Bradford County, Pennsylvania which was operated by the Chesapeake Energy Corp. It malfunctioned in April of 2011, spewing thousands of gallons of contaminated fracking water for more than 12 hours. In 2012, it was Chesapeake again. They were cited for contaminating the drinking water of three families in Pennsylvania 
resulting in a settlement of $1.6 million. Okay. It reminds me of um, those movies, Erin Brockovich and um, Silkwood, all of those. you got to have a whistleblower in there to, tell, you know, to keep these people honest. What's, what I found interesting is that many of these companies keep the recipe that they have for the, for the fracking fluids secret. And this is because this is intellectual property. Nobody needs to know what it is. So it, with that, the lack of disclosure obviously doesn't – you can't tie them down to anything in particular, um, which means they got to get off scot-free. Um, the researchers found that the drinking water near the fracking wells had levels of methane that fell – this is a quote – fell squarely within a range that the U.S. Department of Interior says is dangerous and requires urgent hazard mitigation action. Okay. Um, so I'll ask you, how safe is fracking? Not too. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop for a commercial before I go into the the other thing. So hang with me, and I'll be right back. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Wicked Green Energy. You may get in touch with Roxanne through her Facebook page, Living It Up Green, or her email, rpapas7 at gmail.com. That's r-p-a-p-p-a-s-7 at gmail.com. Join her every Monday night from 6 to 6.30 Eastern Time right here on the Wicked Housewives on Cape Cod Radio Network. Thanks for listening, and have a great week. I did the wrong thing. I'm back. I didn't do the commercial. I did my uh, my my so long uh, speech there. Okay, no problem. Okay, so getting back to the wastewater and the air, which I've already touched upon, researchers found high levels of radioactivity, salts and metals in the water and sediments downstream from a from a fracking wastewater plant. Among the most alarming findings, uh, sorry, we already talked about that, contained 200 times more radium. Um, The concentrations of radium are higher than those found in some radioactive waste uh, dumps, and they exceed the minimum threshold the federal government uses to qualify a disposal site as a radioactive dump site. (laughs) See, I told you a couple of weeks ago that we'd be glowing in the dark. The levels of salinity or the salt levels in the plant's discharge were up to 200 times higher than what is allowed under the Clean Water Act and 10 times saltier than the, than, than the ocean. But what's interesting is that fracking wastewater is exempt from that law. Couldn't tell you. Couldn't fathom a guess. The, the occurrence of the radium is something that we need to really look at. It's, as I mentioned, it's radioactive, and it's likely to increase rates of genetic mutation and it poses a significant radioactive health hazard for humans. As far as the air is concerned, fracking wells release compounds into the air, 
and those compounds include benzene, and I'm going to hopefully pronounce this correctly, ethylbenzene, toluene, and n-hexane. Ha! Um, Long-term exposure to these have been linked to birth defects, neurological problems, blood disorders, and cancer. Benzene, I know I've mentioned a few times before, is a known car carcinogen according to the American Cancer, Cancer Society. In 2012, researchers did release a study that showed that, that air pollution caused by fracking could contribute to immediate and long-term health problems for people living near the fracking sites. The, this research suggests that the chemicals released during natural gas extraction could harm human reproduction and development. More serious than that, however, is the methane emissions. Um, they, it's about between 3.6 and 7.9% of methane gas from the drilling operations escapes into the atmosphere, and that obviously contributes to climate change. Methane is 80 to 90 times more potent as a greenhouse gas than CO2 over a two to three decade period, decade period. So you can see how natural gas could swing from being a climate benefit to a climate hazard because of the methane. The percentage of methane leaking into the atmosphere from both the oil and gas operations is about 5%. Doesn't seem to to be that much, but it's big enough to 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 really doom the idea of natural gas as a as what they're calling a bridge fuel uh, to a cleaner energy future. So many are looking at that as okay, we've got all this great stuff, uh, all all this gas and oil out there that we can get out of the ground, and we'll have a we won't be reliant on anybody else for for uh, for energy. Um, what I fear, but and that and the, they're doing this as we are working towards a clean a cleaner, greener future. What I worry about is that this is just going to continue. It's not going to become a bridge. It's going to become the be all and end all, and we're going to find ourselves in a lot of trouble if that's the case. But that's only me talking. The other thing that I, I I really, really believe is that this fracturing is causing causing earthquakes and and sinkholes, sinkholes that we've never seen in certain areas as large as they are. And earthquakes certainly. Um uh in fact um a number of the um areas in the US which aren't considered earthquake-prone, Ohio and Oklahoma, are experiencing strong seismic activity. Fracking is believed to be the cause of Oklahoma's strongest recorded quake in 2011, uh, and more than 180 tremors in Texas between 08 and 09. Um, they in, fifth, in 2015, an area of North Texas had nine confirmed earthquakes in a 24-hour period. 
and they are investigating fracking as a as um, as a potential cause for that. The link between earthquakes and fracking or wastewater injection isn't conclusive. However, there are more earthquakes in the U.S. than before the fracking boom began. Between 67, 1967 uh, to 2000, there were an average of 21 earthquakes yearly, above the magnitude of 3.0. That rate shot up to an average of 300 earthquakes yearly after 2010. The, the, the rising number of man-made earthquakes could pose a risk to, to the critical infrastructure that we have, such as dams and nuclear power plants, which I hope will go away pretty soon. Uh, but we all, again, no, no, it, it's important to look at the infrastructures. How close are these things uh, to... Uh, to fracking sites. Is anyone doing any kind of research to determine where the best places are to, to, to do fracking? I don't know. I don't know that that's, that's being done. Okay, we've got a quote by from a, from a scientist, Anthony Ingrafia, and I love this quote. For those who say we can regulate our way around this, just give us time and we'll fix the problems. I'm sorry. We've had 100 years of commercial oil and gas development at very large quantities around the world. Time is over. We've damaged the atmosphere too much and will take too long, uh, it, and it would take decades and billions of dollars to begin to fix the problems that we know have existed for decades, and by then it will be too late. That to me, end quote, that is frightening to me. And I hope we all you know, take 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 a few steps back and, and look at this. Um, we've got some raw numbers on the problems associated with fracking. So, frackers have used billions of pounds of cancer-causing chemicals in at least 137,000 wells from 05 to 15, 2000. Five billion pounds of hydrochloric acid have been used. 1.2 billion pounds of petroleum distillates which can irritate the throat, lungs, and eyes. It can cause dizziness and nausea, and it can include toxic and cancer-causing agents. And 440 million pounds of methanol, which is, as we mentioned, suspected of causing birth defects in addition to cancer. Okay. Um, I guess I'm coming down to, to, to the wire here. Oh, I'm just going to touch upon this because it, it's... Um, it has to do with futures and stocks and all that, and that is has I I have no clue about any of that. But Obama, for example, said that we've got a supply of natural gas that can last the the United States for a hundred years, and that's because of fracking. Well, we need to be careful because if we're saying these things and we assume that we're going to have all this gas and suddenly we don't, where are we then? And if we're looking to export it and we don't have it, that's another big problem. But I'm going to leave that to the, um, to the aside here. Okay, I just want to go kind of repeat the five areas of concern for, um, uh, for fracking. Okay, the first one is poor well casing or cement jobs that increase the chance of methane leaks or groundwater contamination. Okay, that's number one. Okay. 
um, if, west, if wastewater is mishandled, it can contaminate surface and the groundwater. Properly sited and operated deep well injection sites are sometimes linked to earthquakes. They're usually small, but have the potential to cause damage. Okay, people, number three, people who live near oil and gas activities may be exposed to air toxics like benzene. Emissions of smog-forming pollutants can damage lungs, too. Number four, people have a right to know what chemicals are being used. What's being emitted into the air and what's in the wastewater being produced on site? And the last one, before I'm cut off here, is if the companies aren't required to name the, com the com chemicals they use or monitor their air emissions, it's impossible for a community to assess its risks. And if com companies can proceed without the input from the communities, people may be overwhelmed by traffic and noise and hazards. So I'm going to end it right here because uh, I'm going to be cut off. I um, look for my blog because I'll have some more information in there for you. And uh, I thank you for listening in and hope to, to have you back uh, next week. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye from me. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Wicked Green Energy. You may get in touch with Roxanne through her Facebook page, Living It Up Green, or her email, rpapas7 at gmail.com. That's R-P-A-P-P-A-S-7 at gmail.com. Join her every Monday night from 6 to 6.30 Eastern Time right here on the Wicked Housewives on Cape Cod Radio Network. Thanks for listening, and have a great week. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.